Leslie Flannery is a registered dietitian and certified lactation counselor from Ohio. She has spent the last six years working with the pre- and postnatal population. Leslie herself has two young boys and understands firsthand how overwhelming this new phase of life can be for women. She thought she had found her dream job working in a high-risk OB office, but soon realized there was an abundance of nutrition misinformation and a lack of continued support with gestational diabetes. In her private practice, Leslie teaches her clients that all foods can fit while controlling blood sugars in pregnancy. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Leslie. Yeah, thank you for having me. Of course. So I know we briefly just touched on it in your bio, but why don't you tell us a bit more about your nutrition philosophy? Yeah, I definitely, as a broader philosophy, take more of an intuitive eating approach. So I believe that all foods can fit, and I'm I'm working with a very specific population who tends to think that certain types of food are bad. So I want to teach my clients that, you know, you can enjoy the foods you love while still controlling your blood sugars. I love that. Yeah. And so now you've transitioned into private practice. Can you talk a bit more about your journey with starting and growing this business? Yeah. So I actually worked at a WIC office for about five years and I liked the work. It was just far away from my home. So as I have two young boys who are getting more involved in school activities and sports activities, it was just like I was missing out on that kind of thing. And it it would fall back on my husband to get them there. So I found a job closer to home in a high-risk OB office. And I thought this will be my dream job. I'll love it. My hours were shortened. So I lost some income because I didn't work as many hours. And I just started to notice that my patients that I was seeing, they weren't getting the follow through. And it was almost like one hour with them is just not enough. So I thought if I can blend those two, those two things together, my want to spread more nutrition information and and have a follow up with my clients, and then also bring in some extra income because I had lost some from the job change. Yeah. And I think that's so important is that, you know, when we're in clinical or outpatient clinic somewhere, we just don't get the time that we really want to spend in order to make that difference in our client or patient's life. And so that's really awesome that that kind of drove you to start and grow your business. So how do you approach your goals in your business? Yeah. So I have a dry erase board and I write them down and they are right in front of my computer screen so I can see them every day. It's funny because I I first started in Libby's group and my goal was to make $1,000 a month in one year. And I made that like right away. So it's been awesome. And I love having the accountability of seeing it on my dry erase board. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And I also have a dry erase board, so I understand (laughs) how nice it is to just get to check it off or erase things when you need to. It's a really great tool. (laughs) I love writing it down because it helps instill it in my mind too. Yes, exactly. So going back to your niche, is the niche that you have now what you've always had or did it evolve in some ways? Yeah, it did evolve. So I actually started my Instagram handle Uh, last June. So I started it even a year before I started working with Libby. And I just wanted to talk to pregnant women. So I worked with pregnant women for a long time. And I thought, you know, that is a great niche to be in. So when I joined the group, I'm like, I've got my niche. But then I realized that I was kind of talking to nobody, like I've heard other dietitians say, even in something I thought was specific, 
I could go more specific. So in my, my part-time job, I was working day in and day out with gestational diabetics, but I was afraid that if I niche down too specific, that nobody would want my help. There'd be like nobody to come to get my services. But when I made that change, that's when I got all the engagement and all the followers and all of the sales basically. Yeah, that's really awesome to see how you thought being broader was helpful, but then when you got more specific, that's when you actually were able to attract your ideal client. So what helped you to ultimately get clearer on this ideal client? Yeah, I felt like I know her. I knew my ideal client so well because I do work with her, you know, in my other job that I have heard their needs. I have heard their wants and and their the misinformation that they're getting. So I felt like coming up with content was really easy. So once I niched down even further, it actually became easier. Oh, awesome. So you would say maybe the content creation process became easier once you had that clarity on your ideal client? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about that. How do you use Instagram to market and sell? I, first of all, I just had no idea that Instagram was this great marketing tool. So I, I absolutely love, you know, you can get your insights. I tend to look at what has worked, what people have responded to, what's, what's gotten me website clicks. And then I just try to recreate that. And, you know, most of the times it works really well. And if it doesn't, then I just go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Recreating content is a really great way to follow exactly what your audience is telling you is working. It's a really great tool to look at those insights and just recreate from there. And I think so often we think we have to be original every time, but we really don't. It doesn't have to be that complicated. So yeah. yeah. So what is your process for creating your Instagram content? In the beginning, you just kind of try different styles out, but once you start to see what resonates with your ideal client and really narrowing it down to like, I'm speaking to one particular person, that really helped me in the beginning. And now that I've kind of got that baseline, I just use what I've, re- what I've done last week to recreate what I'm going to do for the following week. Yeah, that's really awesome. So when you first started and you were looking at your ideal client, how did you know what type of content she was looking for. When you went to the drawing board, what allowed you to create content for that ideal client? I think it helped, honestly, that I was already kind of working with her. So I knew some of the wants and needs, but it has definitely evolved. You know, now that I actually speak to them and I get to have follow-up and I'm digging deeper now in my private practice than I ever did in, in the OB office it's really helped me to repeat back kind of what she's saying to me. Uh, Yeah, like using her words in order to create content, definitely. So what's been your biggest struggle with getting clients from Instagram and how did you turn that around? I think when I first started, I told myself it's going to be a passion project. (laughs) I think I've heard other dietitians say too. And I was doing infographics on like nutrients for pregnancy and and the typical like food pictures and I got nothing. (laughs) I mean, barely engagement, definitely no sales, no, nobody really seeking out my services from that. So once I narrowed down, I really started getting a lot of engagement and then the sales and the demand has just gone up from there. Yeah. And you've mentioned it a few times now, and it sounds like narrowing down that ideal client and getting very clear and specific really changed a lot in your marketing and your ability to attract your ideal client. 
It did, and it's funny because I was so worried about it at first of going too narrow, but honestly, it has been what has helped the most. Yeah, that's really awesome. So how do you approach sales now versus when you first started your business? So I definitely am more confident. I think sales in general is probably the hardest part for me just because I was not taught that in school at all or how to market myself. And I feel much more confident about my marketing and my content. The sales part is, is what I'm focusing in now to really iron out the details and really get in a flow. But I would say from when I started till now, I am digging deeper. I'm really listening more. Um, at first I was just like, here's what I have. <laughs> and I think that probably didn't help clients. So I'm trying to, to, to make it more of a natural conversation and really know like, I can help this client and she needs my help and I can help her. So just making it more casual and really getting to know her. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that as you start to get to know your ideal client through these discovery calls or through working with them through market research, it makes those sales calls even more organic because you feel like you already know them. And so it's a lot easier to kind of carry that conversation so going off of that, what is your offer that you're offering to these clients on the discovery calls? Yeah, so now I'm into groups. I struggled with the group. I think that was my biggest struggle with sales because moving from the bundle to the group, I felt like, oh my gosh, this is a whole new set of deliverables. And it was a mindset thing, to be really honest with you. I was offering it at the same investment and it actually had more support and I knew the benefits of the group when I really wanted the group. But just that, that switch from one thing to the other, I had to, to struggle for a minute with my mindset. But now that I'm running groups, I feel like I am much more confident in telling my clients about it because I see that it's working. Yeah. So how did you help change your mindset around in regard to that? Yeah, you know, this podcast has been great. I listen to it all the time. I love connecting with other dietitians. And I've also listened to Mindset by Carol Dweck. And I think that has been really helpful too. Yeah, those mindset books are phenomenal. And I also recommend listening to them because it almost sounds like you're listening to a motivational speech or something. It's a great way to start the morning. (laughs) Definitely. Get in my car, drive to work, put that on. I can just listen to it as I drive. It's awesome. Yes, exactly. Love it. So in regard to attracting more of your ideal client, making these sales, can you talk a bit more about how much you've made through the program? Yeah. So I actually have made back my investment from the program, which I was thrilled about. Like I said earlier, I kind of set my goals a little low because I wasn't sure what to expect, but now I have like way blown those out of the water and I had to set new goals for myself. So I hope to make 2000 a month consistently by December. And in a year from now, I want to make $5,000 a month consistently. That's awesome. So you said your original goal was to make a thousand a month and and you've hit that now? Yeah, I, I made that by July actually. And I was just, it was kind of almost surprising how fast it happened and I didn't even realize it, you know? Yeah, that's really awesome. So with the money you've made and, and by hitting these goals since starting, what has that been able to give you? So actually, At the beginning of COVID in April, very beginning of April, my husband lost his job of 19 years and he was the breadwinner in our family. He made 
more than I did as a part-time dietitian. So that was a little scary at first. And, you know, I had been doing this passion project, we'll call it on Instagram. And I thought, I'm putting a lot of time and effort into this and I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting clients to come to me. And so I knew about Libby's program and I knew it was an investment. And it was almost like, it was at a time when my husband lost his job that I would think maybe I shouldn't be spending the money. But I thought if I can invest this much in myself and my business, if I can dream it and I can do it. So it was like, I took a big leap of faith and I joined the program and now I'm so glad that I did because he's still unemployed right now, but I've been able to help take over some of the bills and some of that financial stress of having only one of us work. Wow. That's really amazing to hear. I know that with COVID, a lot of financial stress came and it really is inspiring to hear that you decided to take that as an opportunity to improve your business. And now it's gotten you to the place where you have less of that stress of your husband losing his job. So that's really inspiring to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So we know a big part of this program in growing your business is showing your face. So how do you feel about showing your face and how has this evolved as you've grown your business? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I know people do struggle with this. I feel like I didn't really struggle so much with this part of it because on my personal Instagram, like I love stories. I love to watch other dietitian stories. I love to watch celebrity stories, whoever. I'm all about the Instagram stories. So I felt like just having watched them for a long time, I felt comfortable doing it myself. But I will say with the program, I learned how to market myself better in the stories. Instead of just talking random, I knew what I should be talking about in my stories. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. There's some hesitation to show your face in some aspects, but I was the same way. I was like, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll just talk, act my own personality out. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I agree. That's awesome. So what advice would you give someone who's listening and they might just be starting out or are scared to jump in and start growing their business through Instagram? You know, a quote that I think another dietitian said, or maybe Libby, that has really stuck with me is it's better to take imperfect action than to wait to take perfect action. And I just think that relates so much to my story because, you know, I made a big investment in myself at a time that maybe most people might think like, okay, you need to hang on to your, your money and your finances. But I believed in myself and I really wanted it to work. And I knew that if I didn't invest in myself, then I wasn't going to be getting anywhere. I would just keep meddling away with no results. So I would say if you're thinking about getting started, it's better to start now than to wait months from now. Um, Trust me, your investment will definitely pay off. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. So why don't you tell the listeners what is next for your business? Yeah, so I am now running two groups and I hope to continue to do that. And I, you know, maybe further down the road might think about doing a follow-up after my moms have babies and and maybe some consultation with breastfeeding because I'm a a lactation counselor. So um, that would be a a huge dream down the road. I definitely want to stay comfortable with the groups for a while. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's very smart not to to get overwhelmed and make us put too much on our plate. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Yeah, I'm at gestational.diabetes.nutrition. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.